Hi, my name is Sherry Doherty, and I'm a 54-year-old lady in red, in act two of my career and living my best life. My perspective on life and behaviors have been governed by who I was as a child, who I became, and who I am still striving to be. People my age are beautiful, bold, confident, and full of wisdom. And truly, the encore of the story of your life is still when the best songs are yet to be sung. My mission in this podcast is to shine the spotlight on people like me, have real conversations about reinvention stories, and inspire you to continue to follow your dreams regardless of your age. I'm doing it for Daisy. Who are you doing it for? Good day and welcome to today's episode of the Encore Podcast. I'm extremely excited today because I have a friend and a woman with me who I am fascinated by. And as soon as I heard her story, I said, oh my goodness, I have to talk to this lady. So just to give everyone a little bit of a teaser, we're speaking today with a 53-year-old woman who just joined the military. I bet you're all intrigued. And so who that is today is Michelle Banks, and she is with us here in Kingston, Ontario. I'm so excited. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you very much, Sherry. Happy to be here. Yeah, when we met, I thought, oh my, I really have to hear this lady's story. I have so much respect and admiration for anyone who serves in the military, and I know that it can be grueling. I know that even simple basic training can be very grueling and physically tasking, and I thought, oh my God, this woman must kick ass. If she can do that at 53, I can barely do 30 minutes on a treadmill at Planet Fitness. (laughs) However, I know there's much, much more to your story, and I know that there's a lot that got you to where you are today, so if you will... I would like to ask if you can just go back and tell us about yourself. So who were you as a child? Where were you born and raised? What was that like for you? Are there any highlights or lowlights that you'd like to share? And then even in your formative and your growing years, you know, building a marriage, building a career, having children, I assume, and all that good stuff. Just tell us your story. So I was born in Malawi, which is Central Africa, Okay. to parents who are from the Seychelles, but my dad grew up in Kenya and my mom grew up in Tanzania, so my brother and I were born in Malawi. And we lived there for a short while and then moved to the Seychelles where I spent my formative years. Okay. And in the late 70s, we emigrated to Canada because my parents wanted just much more opportunity for my brother and I in school. And the Seychelles at the time was, you know, a little bit unstable, so... We moved there for safety reasons as well. Anyway, so I've been here for a little over 40 years now in Canada, and we initially came to Montreal. Spent a few years there, which is where I honed my Canadian French. I heard that. I left you a voicemail earlier today, and it was fluently bilingual. That's amazing. Yeah, it was like learning another language, because my mother tongue is French, Okay, just not the same as here in Canada. But anyway... We lived in Montreal for a couple of years and then transitioned to Kingston and then Gananoque. So we've bounced around quite a bit, not unlike, you know, military families. Okay. And ended up settling in Gananoque. So I was in Gananoque for the majority of my teenage years until I went to Toronto to go to college. Okay. Yeah, so that's it for in terms of my teenagers. I've been to college four times, so I have four diplomas, each in very different things. So I went for biochemistry, biology, biotech, and then eventually paramedicine, which is my passion, which is what I loved and did for many, many years. 
And then that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Okay. And in there, I understand that you had children and you were married yeah. and you were building a life as well. That's right. So I was, I was married in uh, 1998 for 24 years. Okay. And I have three beautiful children, nice. two girls and a boys, Rachel, Scarlett, and Jonah. Okay. And my son is the only one still at home. He's got one more year before he heads off to uh, hopefully McGill. And then my oldest daughter, Rachel, has already graduated and finished her master's at Dell. And then my middle daughter, Scarlett, is currently in her last year at Carleton University. Wow, you must be very proud of all of them. I am. I'm yeah, they're very ambitious, very smart. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure they're equally proud of you. I should hope so. <laughs> you sound like you've been an incredible role model, particularly if you've been in school four times and had you know big career jobs and the courses that all started with bio sound like they <laughs> require you to be very smart, <laughs> said the realtor. <laughs> Those sound very smart things. And a passion for people and medicine like you spoke of. So I'm sure you have been very hardworking. And, you know, life changed, and I know that you're 53 now, and you also experienced the reflection around the midpoint and thinking, okay, what have I done? Who have I been? What do I want Act 2 to look like? And it's very different, and I love your dream. So what was the change for you or the moment of truth? Yeah, I went through some personal challenges in the last couple of years, and I think I hit a point where I just asked, asked myself, and, and perhaps I've been asking myself this for a long time, but... You know, after my personal challenges in the last couple of years just hit me where I asked myself, is this it? Is this all there is to life? Right. You know, when you hit a stumbling block and it stops you dead in your tracks and you have to ask yourself, where am I going to get the courage from? Where am I going to get the strength from? For me, I'm normally just a very introspective person and I looked into myself quite a bit in the last couple of years and decided I've always wanted to do the military even before this point. Like my first interest was sparked when I was just entering high school and initially I wanted to be a fighter pilot and I had no idea what it was going to take me to do it. Right. And when I looked into it, back then they didn't have reconstructive surgery for vision and okay. that was the deal breaker. You had to have perfect eyesight. I did not have perfect eyesight. So I let it go. A couple of years later, I tried to get in as a search and rescue technician and found out, again, vision is a big thing. And you had to be a really strong swimmer, which I was not. Okay. So I let that go. And it came up again. It's almost like a sign. It's almost like, you know, someone saying, maybe you should try the military. Maybe you should try the military. Maybe you should just keep trying the military. Oh, the universe yeah, was the mil definitely yeah, nudging you that way. there was definitely a message there <laughs> yes. for me. And I just gave up too quickly. Okay. And it's when you hit rock bottom and you can't see the proverbial light that it makes you really take stock of what's important in your life. What do you want to do? And who are you trying to please? And for me, being a constant people pleaser, I think I had to stop and realize that I'm not living my life for myself. I'm living it for everybody else. Right. So when I made the final decision to try this one more time, I thought, you know, if I don't get in, this time, then definitely I am not meant to be in the military. So it took a lot of really hard work just to prep myself to get there. Can't even imagine. And then the mindset. <laughs> yeah. I had to adopt a completely different mindset like that 
you know, I wasn't just going to stop at the first sign of difficulty or at the first sign of challenge because I had conditioned myself to believe that I wasn't good enough, I wasn't smart enough, I wasn't strong enough all throughout my life. Right. You know, from a series of... Self-talk. Yeah. And this was the time that I told myself that, okay, none of that. That's got to stop. That's got to stop somewhere. Good for you. Because the second half of my life is only going to be as good as I make it and as good as I allow my mindset to be. So it was changing the mindset and that made all the difference in the world. That's a lot of work. I mean, it doesn't come easy, but you know, I mean, you have to declare it and then you have to walk in it. So those are difficult things to do. I am curious when you said friends, family, support network, I'm joining the military. What was the response like from the people around you? My mom really tried to talk me out of it because as soon as she hears military, she hears you're going off to war and you're not coming back. Gary. That's the talk yes. in her my kids thought I was crazy. My oldest daughter being a strong feminist and advocate for women initially wasn't really happy with it just because of the culture, previous culture in the military. Mm-hmm. And you've been hearing about it in the news, I'm sure. Yeah. Like she was happy for me, but she wanted me to make sure that this is what I wanted, that I wasn't doing it just to prove something to myself, prove something to everybody else. Because like my children, they all know, my friends, they all know how strong I am. I don't need to join the military to prove that. Right. But they became my biggest fans, right. my biggest advocates. Oh, you and must have a huge cheering section. I'm in it. I'm <laughs> in awe. I can't wait to see where you go. <laughs> and they all thought, oh, man, like, good for you. I couldn't do it. Just, you know. But I think that despite all the women that I know, and all of them are strong, yourself included, who think I can't do it, I would challenge that and say, we all have it in us. Mm-hmm. We all have the strength in us to do the most seemingly impossible things. Right. It's all about your mindset. A hundred percent agree. It's That's all about your mindset. And your passion to do something, yeah. which is beautiful. So if you will, can you elaborate on the story of, I'm so curious as to you going to the military office and saying, I want to enlist, apply. I'm not sure how that works. Something like that. I know even just from experience with people in my personal family that, you know, basic training is difficult. I know people who haven't made it through basic training and they're half your age. (laughs) And so what was that like and how grueling is it really? I'm just fascinated to hear that side of the story. So the process of enlisting is not as difficult as it seems. Basically, you go to a recruiting office, you express your intent or your desire to join the military. And then there's a whole bunch of processes. There's forms, obviously, to be filled. There's physical fitness tests that you have to do to prove that you can, you know, withstand basic military training because that's not easy. There's an interview process. There is a written test that you have to do. And none of those are simple. Right. But you do them because everybody who joins the military has to go through that stage. So the testing, the physical fitness testing was challenging. Not difficult. It's just not your typical fitness test that you know, everyday person would do. It's very specific to the military. But just passing that on the first try was pretty amazing. Oh, yes. It was a pretty amazing feeling. (laughs) And so I think once I did that, I knew that this is like, this is getting really real. And I don't think I can back out now because it's not so much about disappointing anybody else, but it would be disappointing myself because I'm so used to just having one foot out the door all the time, not committing to something because I had the belief that you know, I was going to fail at it. 
I tried three other times, and I thought, you know, I'm well, glad this can't you be proved true. yourself gonna, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and when I proved myself wrong, that's when reality hit. Like this is really happening. Right. And it got a little scary. I imagine. It got a little scary. <laughs> so basic training is five weeks, and it's grueling. You got to get used to being screamed at. You have to get used to very, very little sleep. They keep you busy from, you know, very, very early in the morning until you go to bed late at night. There are orders that you have to follow. The most difficult part of basic training was not the physical stuff. It was your mental game because everything that you do in the military, you do it as a team. You are a team. Right. You're not an island, you know, is, I guess is the proverbial saying. And you've got to have all your teammates' backs. Right. You have to do everything for the good of your troops. You know, when you're in a war situation, you're not getting out of that by yourself. Right. You know, it's, it's everybody collaborating together and doing what they need to do as a collective to get everybody out. It's a real brotherhood. It really is. And when I got back from basic training, because they kept you busy every single day from like 5.30, you get up, there's something to do until like 10 o'clock when you go to bed, there's something to do until the very last minute. It was really difficult for me to go back to civilian life and really? not have something to fill every second of my day and not being in that mindset of doing everything for someone else. It was really challenging. That's an interesting observation. Yeah, it's I'm curious, so of the team members that you went through basic training with, how many people were there, how many were female, and how many were over 30 even or 40? I was definitely the oldest person there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm um, curious about how that was received as well. So if you can elaborate on that, that'd be great. Yeah. There was 29 of us and nine were females. The other 20 That's were good. Males. That's a good percentage. And I'd say the majority were under 20. Yeah. And like I said, I was definitely the oldest person there. They, did, they don't treat you any different because of your age. Right. You know, when we all have to do push-ups, they're not looking at me going, oh, you're 53, you only have to do two, and everybody else has to do two. Right. Which is good. Yeah. You didn't want yeah. to be treated differently. I remember one specific incident where we had timing, which is they give you a direction, a directive, and you have to meet it. You have to be... So if they say everybody has to be lined up and ready in their gear and everything for seven, you have to be there for seven. Right. If you're not there for seven, there's a punishment right. that is doled out to everybody. Right. So, you know, we were like, I was maybe like three minutes behind and I was running down the stairs trying to get to where I had to be right on time and I tripped and fell down the stairs and twisted my ankle. Oh no. So of course, I'm sitting on the steps and I'm guarding my ankle trying to figure out, like, I'm going to be late, I'm going to be late, I'm going to be late. So I ended up being late. And then when I walk into the room and line up with everybody else, of course we all get push-ups. Right. Uh, my chain of command says, okay, so who's the oldest person in the room? So I raised my hand. And how old are you, Banks? I'm 53 years old. Because what they were going to do <laughs> was make everybody do push-ups according to how old the oh, oldest person in the room okay. is. And I didn't see this, but as I'm getting down, getting ready to do 53 push-ups, because I know I can, mm. my teammates are saying, like, they're all lining up going, we're not going to make everybody do 53 push-ups because the younger ones would probably all croak. Right, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of doing 53 push-ups. And in my head, I didn't think they were going to make us 
do that many pitches. Right. And they didn't. They ended up saying, okay, we're going to do 27, which is probably the median age in there or something like that. (laughs) So I was happy and disappointed at the same time. Disappointed that I felt like I let my team down, but happy that we only did 27 versus 53 pushups. But it does go to the saying, one band, one sound. And so everyone is only as strong as their weakest link. And I'm not saying that specifically to you, but I understand that team philosophy, particularly in the event of a war zone. Yeah. You have to, you know, all for one and get everybody out of there as safely as possible. So I know that's just what they're training is that discipline and it was my mission before I even went to basic training to not be the last person in anything. I didn't care if I was the best. I didn't want to be the last. Right. So I hired a personal trainer and she put me through the paces and she's in the military as well. She put me through the paces and I did every single exercise four days a week in a 25 pound weighted vest so that I got used to pushing my body really hard so that when I went to actually do the exercises, which you do without a weighted vest, it would come easier. Wow. Good for Um, you. That didn't always help. (laughs) (laughs) But I have to say, I wasn't the last in, you know, all the physical fitness stuff, which was my goal, which was my mental goal. That's good. I just didn't want to come in last. So what happens after basic training? So then you start training for the trade that you're going into, and you just do courses all throughout. And then, you know, you keep training also all the skills that you require in the military to do your job, but also to be a soldier, because you never stop learning how to be a good soldier and how to support your team, how to work hard to always have each other's back. You're always learning. That's the beauty of it. You're always learning, whether it's learning your trade or learning, like I said, the skills you need to be a good soldier or, you know, a global citizen. You're always learning. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you have a goal? I have many goals. <laughs> <laughs> Do many tell. goals. Within, Whichever you'd like to uh, share. <laughs> you know, I'd like to stay in the military for as long as I can because I know there is a mandatory age where you have to retire. Okay. So I'll stay in it until I hit that age. But I've also just applied to university, to U of T, and I'm going through to be a physician's assistant. So as soon as I get my green light for that, I will be doing that in tandem with the military. So. Okay. So I find so, myself yeah. asking this question of a lot of people that I've been speaking with because I am so fascinated mm-hmm. and I struggle with energy myself. Where do you get your energy from? <laughs> that has been a challenge in and of itself because I typically function on five to six hours of sleep. And when you're doing basic training, that you typically function on five to six hours of sleep. That's not healthy, right? and I've had to revamp that. In the last, I'd say in the last three to four months, I've had to take a look at some of those basic habits that I've had to switch just so that I can have not just longevity in my career, but just longevity in general. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just doing a whole bunch of different things like meditation. I've recently gotten into meditation and that's to help me sleep, but it's also to help me focus. Right. I've been taking courses in speed reading so I can learn how to learn when I go to, to university because it's been a long time right? <laughs> since I've been, you know, mm-hmm. in that realm and in that mindset. But just taking care of myself. I That's think. great. I mean, you, doing my best. you know, obviously are very busy doing that as well as school, and you do have a son at home still, adult children, a great 
friend group, you are doing a lot for sure. So I find myself waning on energy (laughs) and I'm always looking for some fountain of youth. If anyone has a secret (laughs) as to what it is for them and you know, it can't be caffeine. I recently saw a naturopath who told me that I can't live off caffeine and I don't know why. (laughs) Apparently I can't live off caffeine, so I have to do better. (laughs) I'm trying, but I have to do better. So that's all very good. I remember speaking previous to this, you ended up going away for another month or so with the military. Was that part of one of your assignments? You had to go to Gagetown or something? No. So that's basic training. So oh, basic training basic wasn't training in, was. in okay. Kingston for me. It was in Sydney, Nova Scotia. Oh, wow. And it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, of all the places to do it, that would be one of the most beautiful places to do it. So Cape Breton, the people are just wonderful salt of the earth and the view and everything it was great and when I came back most people when you come back from basic training it's like god thank god that's over I never want to do that again it was it's a difficult experience right but for me when I came back it's like can I go again I wish it could have been longer so as it turns out I will have to do it again because once I graduate from university I would be like an officer yeah and so there's a different basic training for officers. Okay, and at that point, you could be in your late 50s. I will be (laughs) 56. Okay, well, we will have to reconvene then and hear how that part of the story goes. (laughs) So the goal now is to be in the best physical shape of my life, and that's what I'm currently working on right now. Good for you. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you have a trainer, belong to a gym, have a regime or anything that you I don't have a trainer. I have downloaded a few programs that I'm sticking to right now, and I'm just working on building my strength and my endurance. I don't have a particular plan I don't have it written in stone. I'm right. just going to the military gym, you know, mm-hmm. as much as I can. Walking my dog as much as I can to help with the endurance portion of it. And just flying by the seat of my pants, I guess. But yeah. as we get closer to that, then I'll ramp up my game, obviously. Right. And perhaps look into a trainer then. But still have a few years left. So what does 80-year-old Michelle look like? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's anything like what... My mom is, because I get my genes from her. She's 80 years old and still full of spunk and full of life. I hope to be like that. I hope to be not slowing down because I'm debilitated or, you know, health issues, but slowing down because that's just the natural progression of life. But I don't know. I don't know. I still hope to be... I'm not sure, Sherry. Okay. Just enjoying life. Honestly, that's great. And hope no comorbidities of any kind and just healthy still. Yeah. I hear, that would be the ultimate. I hear just vibrant and living and happy. And yeah. most people, there are some people I've chatted with who have a very specific goal in mind and who they look like, what they're doing and things like that. Yeah. And there are other people who just have been saying, I don't know, but I'm excited. I am excited because, you know, when I'm done in the military, I plan to be doing ideally mission work as a physician's assistant, whether it be all over. Canada were remote places where, you know, there's not enough healthcare or right. healthcare is not available or overseas. Who knows? But I would love to be doing that well until the point I can't right. anymore. That's, That's what brings me joy. That is beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you we'll have see. a gift of compassion and you definitely have a great demonstration of perseverance because you are someone that I will think of when I'm tired, don't want to go for a walk or 
just don't want to read one more page or whatnot, I'm like, I will say, okay, sister, Michelle can do boot camp. So <laughs> just read it's the book, kind. go to the gym, Sherry. You can do anything. I love that. And I love that we, you know, travel in the same circle of friends and we know a lot of the same people because our community has a great network of people. Very strong. Very women. strong, powerful women who are doing Absolutely. amazing things. 50 does not look like the 50 of our mothers. You're so right. You're so right. It's full of possibility. Yeah. I, I honestly, I feel like most of us are just getting started because we did the hard stuff. So yeah. we, you know, raised families and we had children and we had careers and we bought homes and we had some marriages and some split up some people and yeah. all the stuff. And I now feel like it's our time. I feel like I'm at the point where for the first time in my life, I know what I want. Beautiful. And I'm unstoppable. Oh, I love that. We can leave it right there. Michelle's unstoppable. <laughs> Will you come back again and share with us the update on your story? I'm sure this is going to be a very popular episode. And everyone wants to hear the story of the lady we all know who joined the military at 53. So will you come back in the future and share with us again? I would love to. I'm honored that you asked me. Thank oh, you. I'm, I'm in awe. You know that. Thank you so much for joining me today and have a wonderful evening.